What is pickleball? How do you play? And what led to its surge in popularity? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. It's the sport that has captivated the nation. Everyone seems to be talking about it, so we felt like we should talk about it too here on Getting Schooled. What am I talking about? It is, of course, pickleball. At a time when people felt as though they had nothing else to do during the pandemic, along came pickleball. Pickleball's American presence has exploded in recent years, making it one of the fastest growing sports and pastimes in the United States. Grandparents, kids, neighbors, parents, everyone seems to absolutely love it. There's also a bit of drama in the pickleball world that we're going to break down here on the podcast. So how did pickleball get its name? When did it start? Did it just start in the last few years or has it been around for a while? What led to its resurgence and what does the professional world of pickleball look like? We have so many questions and here to answer all of them is Melissa Zhang, USA Pickleball's Director of Communication and Content. Melissa, how's it going? It's great. Thanks, Savvy. How are you? I'm doing well. And I am really excited for this episode because I have my parents have a place in um, California and it seems like pickleball is all the rage. And I am so confused still about what exactly it is. And I think some of our listeners are a little confused as well. So I'm hoping you can shed some light on this game that seems to just have taken over the world. Absolutely. Yes. Happy to talk all things pickleball today. Amazing. Okay. So let's just start with the basics. For people who are unfamiliar with the sport, can you just give us an outline of the rules of the game and what exactly it is? Absolutely. So I like to describe pickleball as a mix of a number of sports that people are already familiar with. So you've got a mix of tennis, table tennis uh, and badminton. And otherwise, I also like to help people visualize it by saying that pickleball looks a lot like baby or mini tennis. So Mm. it's played on a court with the lines that are very similar to a tennis court. Um, You can actually fit four pickleball courts onto one tennis court if that gives you a better visualization of what size a pickleball court is. It's a game that can be played in singles or doubles. Um, and it was actually invented a long time ago in 1965. What? Um, yeah. So it's been around for a while. Most people are shocked to hear that um, because obviously it's exploded only in recent years. But yeah, it's been around for a while. It was actually invented by three dads on Bainbridge Island near Seattle, Washington. Um, and they were just kind of bored one day and trying to find a game for their kids to play. Um, so that's really how pickleball came about. Um, A lot of people are also confused as to the name. So there's two kind of contending theories as to how the name came about. Um, One is that it was named after Pickles, one of the dad's family dogs. And then the other is um, basically talking about a rowing theory where you put all of the rowers that didn't make the top teams into a boat together. And that's called the pickle boat. So 
Um, oh. The way that the sport is kind of combined, you know, kind of odds and ends from other sports made one of the wives think of a pickle boat in rowing terms. So those are kind of the two conflicting theories on how the name came to be. Okay, so it has nothing to do. So when I think of like if you're in a pickle or in baseball, if if there's a pickle happening, you're kind of trying to run between two bases while they're trying to get you out. I don't. For some reason, I thought maybe it had to do with that because the ball is going back and forth over the net. But I, look, you already <laughs> cleared up my question yeah no happy to clear that up um obviously it has led to a lot of um i guess aspects of the sport we're leaning into the name and the, the fact that it's fun and quirky and all of those things right and um i think it obviously has set the sport apart a little bit as well right all right i'm floored that it was invented in 1965 i had no idea so why do you think it exploded so much in the past few years yeah. So, Abby, we saw pickleball kind of growing um, pretty quickly uh, before the pandemic. But I would really point to, you know, 2020 to 20 to now when we've seen just absolutely unprecedented rates of growth for the sport. Um, I attribute that to really the COVID era of quarantining and people not being able to go outside and play sports like they normally do. Um, we saw tons of people getting out and playing pickleball because it's a sport where you can safely maintain, you know, six feet from other people while you're playing, but you can continue playing the sport. You can continue being active. And the biggest thing about pickleball as well is that it is a very social sport, right? So you're making new friends through pickleball. It's a sport that welcomes people of all ages and backgrounds and I can't really think about any other sport where you can have a grandfather playing with a grandson. Um, it really allows for that kind of generational aspect of sport to be involved. You know, anyone can play truly. We obviously a lot of people hear pickleball and they associate it as a sport that, you know, retirees are playing down in Florida in retirement <laughs> communities. And obviously that's, you know, very much not the case at this point. But yeah, it's it's just a sport where everyone is welcome to play. It's super inclusive of all ages, abilities and skill levels. And then I think the final thing is that it's really easy to pick up a paddle and just get a rally going. So it's not like tennis per se, where, you know, you need to take a lot of lessons to get the right training and learn how to perfect your swing and things like that to actually feel like you're playing the game. Pickleball, you can get on on a court, um, you know, learn a bit of the game and get a sense for how it goes. And then, you know, by the end of the day, you can be playing in pretty heated rallies. And so we hear that from people all the time. You know, they picked up a paddle during COVID. This was maybe a game that they tried out or were introduced to in like their high school PE class or gym mm -hmm. classes when they were young. Um, and then, you know, they really just fell in love with it and you can get hooked from right from when you pick up a paddle. So um, that part of it as well, the fact that it is easy to learn is also a really big sell for people. Well, Melissa, I love that you said that it's one of the only games that you can see a grandfather and a grandson playing together. It really does include so many different ages because when you think about tennis, tennis is pretty hard. I mean, I'm 29 years old and I get tired running around the court when you're playing singles in a tennis match. So um, it seems like it's really accessible for people. It, it, it includes people to not just of all ages, but all uh, athletic abilities as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, the fact that the court is, you know, so much smaller means that it is a little bit easier on the body. Uh, you're seeing, again, people well into their 60s, 70s, 80s, um, you know, playing this game for multiple hours a day because it's not necessarily, you know, you huffing and puffing the entire time. Right. It relies a lot on technique. You know, you are maybe up at the net dinking and that doesn't require as much cardio, which is also great for people. So a like little you said, more. Yeah. A little more cardio than ping pong, but a little less cardio yes. <laughs> than tennis. Uh, exactly. Yeah. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. It sounds so fun. I have yet to play, but now I'm going to be inspired to play. You, you said that I was going to ask you if it's called a racket or a paddle. So it's a paddle. And what what does the paddle look like and how is it different from maybe a ping pong paddle or a tennis racket? Yeah, so our paddles, um, you know, they can definitely vary as far as material goes for, um, you know, what the the material consists of. Um, but I would say it, it definitely doesn't look like a tennis racket where you've got the strings and stuff. It's a flat surface. Um, so you're hitting a wiffle ball. It's, again, very different from tennis where you're playing with a tennis ball. We have a wiffle ball in this case. Um, so yeah, I mean, big surface on top, big flat surface, and then you've got the handle. Um, but as far as, you know, USA pickleball sanctioned paddles out there on the market, um, they can definitely vary in shapes, sizes, you know, some are heavier, some are lighter. Um, but we are seeing so much growth right now in the paddle manufacturing part of the business and the sport, um, you know, Carl Schmitz, our managing director of equipment standards and facilities development is just so busy right now with, um, you know, helping all of these paddle manufacturers come into the market and making sure that they are producing safe and, you know, reliable equipment. And so, yes, paddles have been um, a very hot topic recently. Who has the advantage in pickleball because I'm so I'm 5'11 and I have like a 6'2 wingspan does that mean that I'd be better at pickleball because my arms are so long or does that not apply at all <laughs> I mean I think any um person with a pretty sizable wingspan would do well in the sport because yes. you know, like you said you are <laughs> you're you're reaching a lot for these balls right and so you'd be able to cover a lot more ground if you have um, you know, the arms to to get there. Um, so definitely, I would say you might have an advantage there. I think a lot of other skills apply, though, you know, things that you pick up in other sports, just athleticism, you know, being able to move left, right, up and back on a court really helps. So having that mobility, um, you know, hand-eye coordination is obviously a big one. So there's a bunch of, you know, sports that I think could um, give you abilities that would lend well over onto the pickleball court. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm such a proponent, Melissa, of sports and how they help you just even in your everyday life. You know, there's so many good mental things that you gain from it. Physical, of course. In your opinion, what are some of the benefits of playing pickleball? Yeah, Abby, there are so many benefits. I could talk about this all day and, you know, we are hearing it from people every single day and everything is different. 
Um, there's obviously the physical benefits, right? So people getting out there being active um, and pickleball, again, isn't something super strenuous. So we are seeing a lot of people incorporate it into their daily lives. And, you know, I've heard so many stories where people weren't really active, they were sitting down a lot. And now they are just, they've lost a ton of weight, they feel great, they're moving their body a lot more. So physical is obviously a big one. Um, I would say one of the biggest things that pickleball brings into your life is also the social aspect of the sport. We are seeing people join communities and, you know, pickleball clubs in their local areas. And you're meeting people that you might not necessarily cross paths with in your daily life. And that I think has been one of the most beautiful parts of the sport. We are just seeing so many friends come together, people, um, you know, connecting with others from very different parts of the world. And it's just really beautiful to see. And um, again, these pickleball clubs have really leaned into that social aspect. And so they're doing a lot of stuff out off of the court as well, as far as hosting parties or, um, you know, organizing pickleball events or competitions, but adding a holiday component or a costume component and just making it really fun. A costume so, component? <laughs> yeah, like people playing on the court and they're wearing like neon or they're doing like a 60s themed pickleball tournament. Um, you know, the the opportunities are endless, right? How fun. It's, it's yeah. true. You know, when you talk about, obviously, we, we talk about how young people play pickleball, but the older generation as well, it does give them, maybe if you're retired, it gives them something to look forward to or something to do or another way to connect with their community. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, but also, you know, pickleball isn't just a recreational pastime, though. It, it, can you just explain how the professional aspect of this game works as well? Because you can play professionally. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, we have seen tons of growth on the professional side, Abby. Um, currently, as it stands right now, there are three major professional tours um, in pickleball. So we've got the PPA, the Pickleball Professionals Association. We've got the APP, the Association of Pickleball Players, and then the MLP, Major League Pickleball. And yes, it took me maybe like five months. <laughs> I'm impressed. To finally, <laughs> thank you. Remember those acronyms? But yeah, we, I mean, as the national governing body, USA Pickleball is obviously kind of Switzerland. We support all pickleball entities. Um, but with these three, you know, pro tours, all of them have athletes that are signed to them and are competing year round um, on these tours. I was, you know, just at the APP's New York City Open at the Billie Jean King Tennis Center, um, which is a gorgeous venue for pickleball, obviously. And these athletes, you know, some of them are doing this full time. They have sponsors. Um, they have incredible, um, you know, performances at these tournaments, which are helping earn them prize money. Um, and a lot of their sponsors, again, are really providing them with great financial assets so that they can really just invest themselves into the sport more. So we are seeing definitely the professional side grow. Um, obviously, two TV rights have been a big thing on the pro side recently. And we've seen Amazon Prime recently sign up to air professional pickleball soon. So that's been really exciting. That's ESPN great. has also started getting in on it. So yes, definitely tons of opportunity in pro pickleball at this current moment. 
So it's the APP, the PPA, and the MLP, right? Is that what you said? You got it. All yeah. right. Well, the APP and PPA just got to switch the letters around. <laughs> so that was right. easy. Exactly. Um, but so is there a hierarchy as to which league maybe is the top or which one, if you are a professional pickleball player, that you want to be in? Obviously, I know that you – as, you know, the association, you uh, treat them all, you know, obviously with the same amount of respect. But, you know, in, in any sports league, there are there is a hierarchy as to which one is the top. Yeah, I would say right now there isn't really one that kind of stands out at the forefront as, you know, the top tour that you would want to be a part of. Each one of them has, um, you know, really distinct features and their own kind of pros and cons. Um, and then MLP is a little bit different because it's teams of athletes playing together. Mm. So you've got um, all of these different pickleball teams that have been bought up by people like Tom Brady and Mark Cuban and LeBron James. Um, and then there's a draft every year. So players will get drafted to these different teams in their different cities and the teams will compete against one another. So that's also a distinguishing factor between P- APP, PPA, and MLP. Um, so yeah, just a bit more color there. Right. I don't know if you know the exact answer to this, but what's the kind of money that you can make um, if you are a professional in one of these leagues? I'm going to just reference um, the top women's player and you know some say the top pickleball player in the world at this point in time. Um, 16-year-old, which is nuts. Wow. And I was saying that but her name's Annalie Waters and she's been the number one woman um in the world for a few years now um Annalie you know I think Fortune recently did a profile on her and you know just how much she's earning through her sponsors and um again prize winnings and things like that and she's very very well into the six figures so I I can't say a specific figure off the top of my head but definitely you can be Earning a living for sure, full time, if you are really committed to it and you are absolutely at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of top of your game, I just just Googled her and her Instagram came up and she has so many medals and so many trophies. <laughs> wow. Yes. She must be really good. Nice. Um, she is very good. Yes. How just as I'm looking at these pictures, what kind of training does it take to be a professional pickleball player? Obviously, there's strategy involved, but um, is there any specific workout that's good for someone who wants to become really, really elite at pickleball? I mean, I would definitely, I I can't speak for pro players, obviously. I I am not one myself, unfortunately. Um, But I do know that a lot of them have come from competitive tennis backgrounds. Um, That's a lot of the professional side of things that we're seeing is, you know, collegiate or former professional tennis players that have made the transition over into pickleball. So they they have a lot of that hand-eye coordination, as I mentioned before, a lot of that agility training, um, which I think would be good for anyone trying to play pickleball, agility training, reaction training. Um, you know, there's a lot of big kind of firefights at the net that really involve reaction time and how quickly you can kind of get your paddle to a ball. Um, but I also think a lot of repetition as far as, you know, working on your dinks, which is, you know, that kind of really soft shot, um, working on a range of different swings and shots that you can make to try and move the ball around the court would be helpful. And then, like I said, definitely going back to the agility part, having that kind of stamina to to run around and um, get those really hard shots that those professional players are all making. 
All right. I'm glad that you use some of these words because um, <laughs> I, I'm curious to know what are the what's the terminology of pickleball. So we have a dink. That's a soft shot. That's, you know, you can assume that. Um, is the serve called the same thing, like a backhand, front hand? I'm trying to think of tennis terms. Do those relate? Yeah, a lot of tennis terms um, are used as well in pickleball. So, you know, you've got a lob, you've got a serve. Um, there's a line kind of separating the front part of the court from the back part of the court. And you're not allowed to kind of step into that shorter uh, area um, unless you let the ball bounce first. So you can't just go in there and, you know, stand at the net. Slam and just, it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Bummer. That um, was going to be my strategy, Melissa. Ah, you'll have to pick another one, Abby. Ah. Um, (laughs) So that area that is kind of marked off by that line is called the kitchen. And so you're supposed to stay out of the kitchen. um, I like that. They get up to the net. Yeah, you'll stand like right at that line and you'll try and, you know, really aggressively hit those balls that come into that short part of the court. But unless you let them bounce, you're not allowed to just go in there and whack it down so the kitchen the dink lob serves um firefights like i said um i'm sure there's more but those are kind of kind of some of the big ones got it yeah i feel like if if i went into the kitchen given my wingspan i'd flatten something like a pancake so i'm gonna stay <laughs> out of the kitchen so if, if it goes into the kitchen um you just have to let it bounce so I, you're allowed yeah. to hit it onto the other into the other person's kitchen exactly got Absolutely. it okay that yep. makes sense cool All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. So I I have to talk about the drama because all sports have some sort of drama, and that's why sometimes people like watching sports. So the explosion of pickleball's popularity has led to some of that drama in major cities. Why is there this kind of turf war going on between some of the dedicated pickleball players? Yeah, so... I think we've been seeing this a lot across the country just because the sport has been growing at such a rapid pace that, you know, city councils, local municipalities aren't able to kind of keep up with the demand for pickleball, right? Um, You know, a lot of them have these five or 10 year kind of plans for construction in their local areas. And it, it obviously didn't factor in how enormous pickleball was going to be. And so, they're, you know, rapidly trying to find um, space to build these pickleball courts in. And oftentimes that might encroach upon existing, you know, facilities that might be for tennis or basketball or other things. So I think that is where we're kind of seeing um, some of this challenge. And of course, you know, the whole acoustics issue has been one of the main kind of storylines in media recently. Um, just to kind of give you a sense of how disproportionate that media coverage has been, however, mm-hmm. uh, we are seeing that in our over 11,000 facilities across the U.S., um, the acoustics issue has really only permeated less than 0.1% of all of these facilities. So it's a very, again, disproportionate and pun intended loud <laughs> issue. <laughs> At this point, um, can you I don't mean to interrupt, but for people who don't know what the acoustic issue is, what what are you referring to? Yeah. So a lot of times um, we have seen kind of, again, these local municipalities or these city councils 
um, look for areas in which they can kind of convert spaces that already exist to pickleball courts. So the biggest example of this is there's a lot of these kind of pocket parks that exist within, you know, suburban neighborhoods and things like that, that maybe only have like a few tennis courts and they've turned those into pickleball courts, which have then seen a huge increase in traffic and then as well um, noise just from, you know, the sound of a pickleball paddle hitting the ball. And, you know, that kind of has led to more complaints from the residents living around the pocket park in mm -hmm. that very small radius near, you know, these areas as these pocket parks were intended to be fielding this much traffic and, you know, this much pickleball. So I have a solution for that. Those people just need to join in on the fun. That's all. <laughs> they would, they, the, the noise wouldn't upset them if they just joined in. <laughs> I have heard ambassadors try and use that tactic at, at times. So, oh, yes, look, I'm already an ambassador. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, th this game is so fun. And as I listen to you talk about the different leagues you can get involved in, especially uh, if you want to play professionally or if you just want to play recreationally, it seems like there are so many opportunities. Um, given the fact that this started in 1965 and then there was this resurgence, um, what do you think is the future of pickleball? Yeah, that is a very common question that we get. Um, definitely people are hoping to see this sport, you know, obviously go far more mainstream in the U.S. Um, as far as seeing it on TV, seeing these professional tours grow, seeing the opportunity for pickleball players to grow. Um, so that's kind of on the domestic side of things. And then I think a lot of people obviously want to see pickleball thrive in the rest of the world and see it go worldwide. Um, one of the biggest questions that I get is, do you think pickleball will get into the Olympics? And obviously mm -hmm. that's a very, very long way out. And, you know, it's hard to say if that will ever be possible. But um, I think a lot of people are working towards their pickleball career and pickleball future with, you know, those hopes or aspirations in mind. So definitely a lot of um, big dreams for the sport. Right. I mean, they're adding new Olympic sports every Olympics. So That's I'm right. sure as this game explodes even more, we'll see it one day in the Olympics. That would be a fun, fun thing to watch. Um, last question I have for you. If somebody is interested in playing, how can they get involved? Where can they look to get on a court or what kind of materials do they need? Yeah, so I would definitely direct anyone who's interested in just getting started and has more questions to USA Pickleball's website. Um, we have a wealth of information and resources there as far as rules and how to play and things like that. So usapickleball.org is where you should start. Um, and then on there, you can also find a tab called Places to Play. And if you type in your local zip code, it'll pull up all of the facilities and pickleball courts near you. So that is also extremely helpful if you are looking to, you know, find a place, find a court that is um, going to be your best friend. Right. Well, that sounds like an excellent resource. And you have been an excellent guest, Melissa. Thank you so much for coming on with me. And maybe I'll catch you on a pickleball court soon. I hope so, Abby. Thank you so much for having us. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about pickleball. Number one, 
Pickleball was actually invented in the 60s, but there was a big resurgence during the pandemic. Some of the big factors that led to an explosion in its popularity in recent years include the fact that it's such a social sport, it's inclusive of people of all ages, abilities, and skill levels, and it's an easy form of exercise without being too strenuous on the body. Number two, there are three major leagues in the professional world of pickleball. There's the PPA, the APP, and the MLP. All three have athletes signed to them where they can compete in tours and can actually win some serious prize money. You might even be able to watch it on TV soon as ESPN and Amazon Prime are getting in on the action. And number three, you may have heard about some pushback on the game of pickleball because of some of the acoustic problems some people who live in the areas may have experienced given the loud popping noises that come from the sport. However, Melissa assured us that those complaints are such a small percentage of the overall positive reaction to the game of pickleball. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 